Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. And today I have the pleasure of having a very good friend of mine, Will Porridge Gaines on Instagram, to the podcast. And I know Will via him being coached by my husband. And we met initially when he came, he came to stay, didn't you, for the Compact Classic. And this from there, like, we're really good mates and he wanted to come on about a very interesting topic and I thought to have a men's like a male perspective on this I think would be really really cool to hear as well so welcome mate and happy birthday too <laughs> thank you I, I couldn't believe when Joe told me your job and your lifestyle and how demanding it is and that you came in that shredded for your first ever show I was like who is this freak like who is he and how the hell has he managed like to do it so like for people that don't know like what away from like bodybuilding competing like yeah. who is will and what does will do on the day-to-day <laughs> that's a good question not something i normally include in an elevator pitch when i'm talking in this industry however i think it's probably useful for me just to touch on this to contextualize some of the things that we might talk about today mm. um, and provide a unique perspective because as we know not everybody has a job that is in you know fitness and, and bodybuilding world and mm. You know, does, you know, doesn't have some of the flexibilities that come with that. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> my name's Will Basnett. Um, apart, aside from being a competitive bodybuilder, I have a job in investment banking or asset management um, within that, for those that are familiar with the industry. Uh, degree in industrial economics. Um, and, yeah, it is uh, what you know, quite a demanding job, to, to be quite honest. Typical hours in my week can be anything up to 70, 80. <laughs> But it's a lot of deck work, right? So it's a lot of, you know, a lot of sitting, looking at screens, talking to people. And, and to be quite honest, I'd never even thought of competing if it hadn't been for COVID. Um, what I mean by that is COVID put me at home uh, for the very first time, not going to the office, not having client meetings that could have, you know, could involve food and alcohol. And I got very good over the past decade with a lot of travel and a lot of these kind of client type things where you can't control what you're putting in your mouth just living a and if it fits your macros type approach and that mm-hmm. lifestyle approach which to be honest you know if you get if you get really good at that can you can probably take you up to about two or three weeks out from a show yeah. if savvy, but you couldn't get all the way there not not without yeah some real sacrifices but this time around it's all changed and looks like it's set to to be um changed for, for good for the future so fingers crossed on that <laughs> i would yeah. love to see like i would love to have be like a fly on a wall and you turn up with your cream of rice like at the super super <laughs> london corporate meeting with all these like old guys and you're just like yo cream of <laughs> rice quite funny early on in my career I got feedback from one of my managers being like going through my performance reviews like yeah well Will's really good the, the only the only like uh, they don't say negative because it's always improvement you know okay. the only thing is is uh one time in a client meeting he opened a pack of chicken and ate it and we thought that was strange <laughs> so <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta get that protein feeding in <laughs> I love that that they brought that up as something like yeah. yeah that was a bit weird please don't do that again it was one of those you know very early on where I thought I had to eat you know chicken every two hours on the hour or I'd lose all my gains you still do right no the rice cake now (laughs) it's the memo exactly (laughs) so what like if you're working 70 80 hours is that Monday to Friday uh Monday Friday and week and weekends I mean so that's not typical right I mean I'm not not I'm not I'm not saying I'm sort of a hero that can do that <laughs> week in week out all year round but it does so so a normal week probably like 
at my desk eight in the morning, probably finish up seven, eight, nine at night. Um, maybe a couple of hours here and there at the weekend, just replying to emails. But it gets easier as you progress and mm. come to people and delegating, to be quite honest. Delegation is um, key. How do you do you think like your corporate, what do you think your corporate life is in terms of skill set or my and slash or mindset given you, which you didn't think was helpful, but it has helped you with like your bodybuilding life? That is an, that is an awesome question. And actually, do you know what I was gonna say when you say when you said, oh, how do you do you know how do you do a prep of that actually there are a lot of things that make it easier so a, a couple of things one <laughs> well there's actually a few things so, so one being the rigidity of it that you kind of forces you into a routine like I have I, I find particularly on well prep for me I'm, I'm kind of a robot some people I find are quite good at becoming that robot and perhaps the job aspect helps that right can switch mm. off emotions and all that <laughs> that kind of stuff but there's just that rigidity where you just don't have any flexibility to not have a routine mm. like I can't you know I can't choose that you know I can go to the gym at this time it has to be before work every day otherwise I won't go so I'm in the gym at five every morning or I won't be able to go in that day but there's a good chance I won't be able to because something might come up same with eating and also you're very busy and you're very occupied again in prep I found that the worst periods are when you've got long you know a couple of hours and you're bored yeah. <laughs> I found weekends particularly tough sometimes with either. like I didn't really have a lot of cravings or hunger but that food focus sometimes would be worse at weekends where I'm like not preoccupied with the meeting you know not preoccupied with my day basically mm. uh, so some of that helped well, I think that probably the biggest thing that's helped me is the critical thinking aspect. Um, and that is why I work with your husband, <laughs> Joe, as, as one of the smartest, if not the smartest person I've come across in the industry. I'm biased, but I do agree. <laughs> well, I don't agree. Um, there, there is quite simply that nobody or very few people I would trust outside of Joe to, to, to I feel no, no more than me or, or to, to be able to answer the questions at a molecular biology level sometimes that I, yeah. I might have. Uh, that that kind of aspect as well and, and just underst- understanding the whys of which you know, we do everything we do and deep diving into science I'm basically a nerd so <laughs> uh, being able to nerd out with someone at times <laughs> so it's your first year of competing isn't it it was yeah it was season over season eight over it was my first year yeah. I still remember tanning you in my spare room as you do <laughs> well while I was still getting over COVID and I was like I'm not with it but thank god I know my routine inside out because I was like "Woo, let's go but I remember you saying oh yeah like this is just gonna be like the yeah, my, I'm just gonna try it just gonna do it and I was like mm-hmm 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 <laughs> and now you know you coming on this podcast like saying you are a competitive bodybuilder which for me is like a big like that's a cool jump for me to see personally where you're just like yeah this is what I'm doing I'm going for it and you've got like the girls next year as well like what why did you think at first it was just going to be like a one-time thing and then what changed for you to go do you know what yes I live like a very demanding life corporate environment all that sort of stuff on paper you probably wouldn't put them together but what was the turning point for you to go do you know what yes it's going to be hard but I think I can actually make this work and make this like a long term thing because it's not as well like your your partner yeah. having to adapt her having to adapt to it oh, doing oh, that oh. together like there's a lot of changes a lot of things yeah. like I think for anyone any competitor when they're first getting into it you there is a big shift that you have to have to some degree in order to make it like 
I hate saying this word, but like how, how make it a more sustainable thing and go, yeah, this is a long-term thing that I am going to be able to work towards. So what was the point for you that made you think, yeah, I, this isn't going to be a lot like a one-time thing. And I think even with my crazy life, I think I can actually, you know, yin and yang, I can make it fit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been a journey, to be quite honest, right? I'll first say, when you were back to that comment about you telling me in the bedroom, I was so nervous about that sock falling off. <laughs> gosh I still laugh at that I've never been tanned before never had a spray tan you're not wrong when you said it's going to be cold <laughs> but yeah right so I did I must admit I told everybody that would listen um that I was competing but it would be a one and only um as I said it's kind of my decision was to compete was um kind of predicated on COVID and me having the um, ability to work from home and control all the variables that you need to in prep so I thought at the beginning, I thought, yeah, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Been training for the best part of a decade, and you know, just wanted to something to show for it. Mm-hmm. And as prep got harder and harder and harder, I convinced myself, yeah, this is going to be a one-time thing. <laughs> At the point where I was like, I never thought about backing out because I could never let myself do that. But there were times like, yeah, this is definitely a one-off. Um, but then I think that the couple of things change right that number one and I want to put this as the most important because it really is it's the, it's the people that I've met through the journey yourself included in this of course jazz like I the, you know it, it really is transformational this is where I'll get emotional <laughs> because I, a man that you know I pre-prep pre-comp I was a man that had very few emotions right my my career has taught me to turn them off and yeah. my partner and it quite often tells me that I am an emotionless person. I'm not oh, yeah. you, no wonder you enjoy getting on so well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been called a sociopath probably a few too many times. Um, but but this, honestly, I, I thought it was prep doing things and change my personality, which it does do and perhaps we can come back to. But, yeah. but, but some of that's been lasting. I really, really think that's because of some of the great people I've met through the way. Um, you know as I said yourself so many I was thinking reflecting back on this year I've made more friends this year I think I I did since I was at university and you know just meeting people you know on the daily so that's been a big factor wanting to do it for the team the people around me and and having that support network whereas I've got a great set of friends right at home but they don't they're not involved in this world they don't Mm. understand certain aspects of it and so having those people that are in it and do live and breathe it like I do as a hobby, um, you know, I just, that's definitely number one. So second, <laughs> I can't lie, this is, uh, and I'll try and be as modest as possible here, but doing well, as in my head, I was like, if I do well, maybe that's it, I can go out on a high, I don't do well, and I, and I had no expectation of doing well. I, as, as I think I said to you, I can yeah. laugh getting on stage, and I don't care, and I did, gen, that was genuine, I it didn't bother me. It was the, it was the experience. But, but doing well has obviously given me a bit of a bug, right? And hearing some of the feedback and, and potentially, you know, there being a possibility that I could push for a pro card next year in certain categories, that's been a contributing factor. And um, actually, my other half supporting it as well, I, I'd, I told her in full honesty, um, sorry, full good faith, because that's what I believed, <laughs> that it would be a one-time thing. Yeah. Um, and her accepting that, that it would be a one-time thing. Then, you know, her kind of seeing how happy it, it made me at the end of it, <laughs> not, not yeah. during, was then kind of her saying, well, you know, I'd support you um, to, do, to do it again, right? And I think hope, hopefully doing it again, knowing that, that, you know, what's to come with it, and that's pre and post, and then we're going to talk a bit about post comps, yeah. and I think we'll make the next. As people say, they always get easier. 
I, if I liken it to a diet, the first diets I did down for the Ibiza shreds or whatever it was when I first wanted to get lean, they were impossibly hard. And this time the dieting aspect of the, the show was, was just easy. I no, no problems at all. So I suspect, mm-hmm. I hope the preps will be like that and therefore become easier to manage around work, social life and things as well. So I think, yeah, yeah I think so. Like it's really hard to I feel like my preps every single time been so have been so different and they've been challenging in like different ways if that makes sense but like, I I know that sometimes it's I'm gonna I see so yeah I think it is I think having someone I'm looking forward to, especially with like Joe especially with yourself as well because the longer you stay with a coach if they are the right coach like they'll learn more about your body and you just it flows a lot better as well and, and to give you a perfect example of that, and again, I think this podcast just shouldn't be about Joe. Very much. <laughs> but, but seriously, I'm nailing it. And I suggest that people listening really, really have this conversation with their coach early on, well, as early as possible, about understanding themselves and the way they like to diet, and particularly around the energy balance side of things. So a couple of things that, that Joe did in kind of... <laughs> without me even realizing, but but they worked and, and discussed them after. He's like, well, I know that about you. So I did it this way. And I was like, I thought you'd kind of, I didn't know it was that plan. So so things like, I I remember coming to Joe and I would always struggle doing more. I'm always like more, 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 like particularly in terms of resting. And so a rest day for me when, you know, I was faffing about with training day diets and non-training day diets, like every typical bro does, I would not rest at all I wouldn't take my rest day because it was lower calories right so first thing we did just standardize cal- calories on every day yeah you wouldn't be an incentive to, to go to the gym and and again with 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 the expenditure equation and I know Joe's a big um, advocate of steps um I love steps right? I can walk the one thing I can do is I take a lot of phone calls I can walk I could I was hitting like 30,000 steps some days just walking to the gym in the morning what? okay I didn't have a car when I was in my central London flat and the gym was like a 45 minute walk so I'd walk there and walk back all before work right so I was getting like 12 15,000 steps without doing any cardio that, that allowed me to keep calories high which for me I, I only went below 3,000 for like one or two weeks and then literally my weight just went oh, yeah. so I, was, I think I dieted to four or five weeks out on 3,600 calories and the steps you don't feel like you're doing them mentally but the food, you, you know, you're eating it, right? So th- these little things, these little, you almost want to call them hacks. But if you've got a good coach that understands you, you can plan these early. So you don't get to a point where you've accidentally killed yourself by, you know, these hour-long cardio sessions each day that you absolutely hate with, you know, the full passion that you never needed to do because you're having a, an off-plan meal every week or <laughs> twice yeah. a week need that again you don't need and we're actually giving you um unwanted food focus and food yeah. feeling guilt and all that stuff so it's about being sensible and, and knowing how to, how a prep would work for you get into that groove and I, and I feel like a lot of people go through preps that were bad for them because they just weren't structured in a way that married to their lifestyle and to their preferences yeah like I can going back on what you're saying about rest day food versus training day food like for me that really stresses me out like it really stresses me out because I just I just want to not I just want the same same every single day and I if I have such macros I have such macros but if I don't it's fine and if like it's same with you if like things change that day and you can't get into the gym or whatever you're not sitting there panicking so I completely agree and I personally I looking back as well from the food focus side and we'll go into this afterwards like I think what didn't help me with my food focus last time was I would same with you I would dread 
rest day food because I knew the carbs were lower. And I was just like, I'd rather just have the same carbs like all week, <laughs> even if it was slightly less, like it would just be consistent again for me. And also like my weight would fluctuate quite a lot because obviously carbs going down, carbs going up. And I just thought, you know what? Like this just isn't, it's, it's just not working. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm, I could not agree more. And people yeah. don't understand that. And, and it takes, I think it takes people a couple from, just anecdotally from what I hear, it takes people a couple of these these prep cycles to get right. Luckily, working with Joe, we got bang on um, first time out. So now we know what to do next time and, and things hopefully should be even easier. Yeah, um, exactly. So did you, going in from your, from your shows, going into post-show, obviously that's the main sort of topic that we want to talk about. What did you expect post-show did you expect post-show to be a certain way did it meet up to those expectations I'll start that question then we can dive in a little bit more so I made no notes on this because I've been postulating on the topic of post-show for a while and the but the big thing I had in my head right was expectation management which which you've just very astutely called out there And I think the, the biggest thing, right, in this and, and, and the topic why I wanted to cover the topic of post-show, because I think a lot of people that I see um, right now struggling with it or have, have struggled with it is because of this ex- expectation management of pre and post prep. And I think everybody knows to some degree, <laughs> unless they're an absolute <laughs> idiot, that a prep is going to be hard, right? Or unless they're a genetic freak and it's not that hard to that, is, that prep is going to be hard. Everybody expects it. Um, you know, there's a whole topic that we can do another time about how difficult prep can get and that some of the head wobbles and personality changes and all that good stuff, all that fun stuff that comes with it. Yeah. But at least you're going into it with a, you know, an admittance that this is going to be hard. You can you can prepare the partner, the friends, the social life and the colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. And people get it. People have empathy for it because it's difficult and people can see that, crikey getting to that level of body fat can't be easy even the layman can understand that (laughs) so that's fine and you know as I said you have the expectations however the expectations of post-show for me are not there and I don't think they're there for a lot of people I think the general feeling is that you eat a load of food a you instantly feel okay oh you can you know if, if you if you're not necessarily in this industry we've well, got your social life back immediately and oh, why can't you now come to the pub or come for this client dinner or whatever it may be and the only real difficult thing on post-show is to stop yourself getting too fat too quickly because of all the food and that's kind of where it stops and I think but you know even for someone with me that is so connected to the industry I just didn't think it would be I thought it'd be easy when, when actually the reality of it is it's really hard and you're in this massive recovery hole that you've built yourself from, from a, a fairly arduous prep particularly if you've done multiple shows and you've done you know a long season and, and you can be there for a while and there's there's lots of different challenges that come out of it and <laughs> I don't know if you want to take them in turn or how you want to play it but it's that what, what to expect coming out that I don't think gets enough air coverage yeah I, I don't know about you I feel like sometimes you feel all right and then I don't know my body, like especially with the adrenaline rush you get on that show day, recovering from that much adrenaline, I find really hard. Mm. Like when I have a really adrenaline-filled weekend, I feel completely zapped, like recovery-wise. And I feel like show day is like the most adrenaline going through your body as possible. And I think that come down the day after, the few days after, I think that knocks you. And I don't think many people actually talk about that 
aspect along with training all that other stuff I feel like the actual adrenaline and your body recovering after that adrenaline is quite it's quite hard and that's a great part I think so <laughs> absolutely for, for, for a number of reasons so firstly this this is really strange right? I don't know about you in the past but I I didn't touch wood <laughs> given where we are in the, the state of the world right now I I have not been I don't get ill right I've never taken a day off work very rarely get the cop like a cold and stuff I'm not you know it happens but I got really ill post-show as in like I got tonsillitis and I got something like, in the space of like a week and there's a lot of I remember geeking out on this a couple of years back but there's, there's a basically adrenaline has a, a, a immuno a, a immuno promoting benefit like I don't know if that anecdote you might hear people say is oh it's you know I work really hard and I always seem to get ill when I'm off at Christmas and not like that's something I hear quite commonly and it's what, what set me about exploring it but it does when, when you're ramped up with adrenaline it helps your immune system and off the back of that it can be when you get that drop off as you said it can it can make you can leave you in a state of being kind of immunocompromised so the first thing you are in a state of really weakened immune system from from the adrenaline dip off and just from you know where you are in prep and all the a lack of my, micro and macronutrients and all the other stuff that you're putting in your body that would you know support a good immune system there's that aspect of it firstly and secondly as you said it's it's really mentally tiring and fatiguing because you put so much stock in that event it, it you know as soon as it's done it, it can leave you with that immediate feeling of being a bit lost mm-hmm. when it's over it's like well what now you never really look you never think or look past that 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 date it's like well that's the date of the show and maybe it might you know it might you might have another one after closely after but it will come at the end of the season but it's the what now and that in itself is taxing as well as as you said the energy that you put into (laughs) posing being the best you it's kind of a random question but I don't feel like it's being spoken about like at all especially with yourself I remember when I followed you originally I Mm. think you had maybe three four hundred followers something like that Obviously, after the weekend and everything that kind of happened going like forward and stuff, like your profile skyrocketed. And like, yeah. I think this whole like that sheer volume, I personally find, especially with like Compact and my Not Just Bikini Girl podcast profile, and then my personal, as it is right now, is like, I'm like, I'm struggling a bit, but I'm getting there. But did, did you find that quite hard to manage or kind of like deal with? Because like, you know, you've gone from just you know doing your thing, doing a show, then suddenly it's like whoosh, all these messages, all these people, it's like bam, 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 bam. And if you're not naturally a very social person, that can feel a bit like, well, this is quite, this is quite a big like high or a big jump. And then obviously post show things sometimes stick or sometimes not. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. Yeah, it's cer- certainly something to consider in terms of the management of it, and, and particularly if, as you said, if you weren't social. Um, I think what the, the, the social media is a lot of good and bad things, as we know about. But I think people in twenty twenty one particularly like to reach out and talk to you. So you probably get lots of unsolicited messages. <laughs> so I'm probably not very nice by the nature of you being a female and how I know some males think that the world operates. In the- I get, I'm, I'm quite lucky that I'm going to jinx myself here, but I'm, I seem to kind of avoid the male stuff. 
I'm very, very blessed. <laughs> wow, well done. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not sure I've avoided, I'm not sure I've avoided all the weird male stuff. <laughs> you and Ryan Kirkham just get like, you get all the attention. And Ryan, Ram, 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 I can never say his last name. Is it Bram? Bram will be. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. The guys love you. The guys love you. But yeah, I seem to avoid it quite well up until this um, point. It's it's probably it's probably um just it's, yeah probably says more about what I'm putting out than anything else. <laughs> but no, I I you know what I I love helping people. There's and yeah prep, prep. I'm not gonna lie, prep changed my personality and, and and lots of those things have been for the better, right? And have lasted and stayed with me. And I think it has made me more social. Maybe um, forced me to be more social, which is which is good, right? It's definitely an element. I wanted to work on because particularly in prep you can become quite a hermit but I, I can imagine that being overwhelming to a lot of people you know even people that I went to school with firing up I loved it it got it certainly got me through prep but on the other side of it where it was lots of people that were kind of random that are like okay right now it's not some chap I went to school with that might have followed me because they've seen my profile from you know to just some you know Steve off the street <laughs> it, it is it is a bit odd and yeah it's something to get used to but you know what it is you've got to take you've got to take it right like if you want a profile and you want to build anything in this industry not that I you know I'm ever going to have a full-time job in this industry but I like to help people that you know it's a hobby for me it's something I enjoy doing and my goal in in this world is to help people and you know make an impact and if I can do that to random people then or for random people rather um, that then great so I, I try to take that as a as positive but I can imagine as you said it being overwhelming particularly to a female audience I, uh, you know if, if they've gone from not posting a lot to then posting lots of of um, pictures of themselves in bikinis on stage you know you know kind of with all the makeup on and, and put out content that might look like they're comfortable in their skin and they're getting comments that you know off the back of what they post I can imagine that is a whole different minefield which yeah would come with a lot of challenges I suspect. Mm. what's the funniest like weird message you've ever had oh a, a bloke that uh, said he'd pay to wax me <laughs> I was like what? what yeah <laughs> I was like you know how to respond to it I was like, how much was he gonna pay you I don't know I really should have negotiated shouldn't I see how far yeah. <laughs> give me 10 tubs of cream of rice and we might while we're talking Oh, I'm anyone's for two tubs of cream of rice jazz <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny so what other struggles did you have with post-show like I know when we spoke at the was it I think it was the strong classic show like you I think you're struggling with your appetite you're like your appetite was just like just not yeah. just not there like do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah yeah so I I, I think yeah people think that the biggest struggle is the as I said the post-show rebound that you know the, the 20 30 pounds on in a week of water and you see pictures of, of people with swollen ankles and all that stuff and that happens right and that is a struggle don't get me wrong um, perhaps we can touch on that <laughs> but there is another there is there are other routes out of prep and and, and and some of them are not not good right and and I definitely struggled on the complete flip side of that with eating and you know <laughs> Like just just for for relevance, I'm still in recovery, right? <laughs> recovery, like I'm still don't have enough body fat, really. <laughs> Probably getting there now. I've just started my growth block, but it's taken. I competed in June, right? Some of these boys in in the physique collective would re- have recovered 
in like three or four weeks and we're ready to go again or it's taking me the best part of two or three months and the simple reason for that is because i under ate you know a- appetite wasn't voracious when i came out of the show um that's probably because i battered my central nervous system senseless mm. uh, to be quite honest just with doing the prep on top of the stress i have with work mm. <laughs> cns you know fatigue management's not not great in my life at all but but to, to be honest the, the biggest struggle and the one that i'd like to be i like to be open about is is the is the under eating and the attachment to condition because you didn't realize you were lean i remember joe saying that he's like he doesn't realize how lean he is <laughs> yeah i mean i had that warped image of i clearly have like body body conscious images right i'll i'll be transparent about that and open about it um I think a lot of us have body dysmorphia to a certain like level though so I think a lot of people will like listen to this will be able to relate but yeah it is it must be a struggle I mean look don't get me wrong anyone that competes you know we've all we've all got something a little bit slightly <laughs> slightly strange with us in the head and still in that to that degree <laughs> um but but yeah it, it's a struggle and, and I when you get when you've wor- a works really hard for something you mm. know in, in this in question being your body and, and the way you look the and particularly for my first show right and I don't know if you found this but yeah every time you get leaner you're setting yourself a new benchmark it's like yeah. oh what happened had veins there and this this new ab or whatever it is and and you know i got showly and i'm like wow this is even better than i've ever done in one of my beef shreds like yeah. i really liked it right don't get me wrong and and i've i've struggled to to lose that condition and it's not like it's it's really it's when i think about it think about the goals that i've set with my in my own competing career i know the rational mind in me knows that the best thing for me to do is to over it or not over it eat from my plan get the body fat on and you know get a bad body fat on recover and, and, and go straight into off season all that stuff but there was something about holding that condition i do you know what i did and i'll be really open now. i kept rationalizing little things in my head mm. that would be like oh I'll just stay lean until this show why god knows i wasn't getting out on stage was i <laughs> and then, like you're just saying because you know you're going to going to, to it and being you know with people in the industry and look good you know to look good it's like i'm not even getting my top we don't have another summer here in england right it's not like i'm walking around the beach every day being like hey look he's in the great condition yeah i've got i've got a partner she doesn't care she'd like me with a bit of fat on right she, no. she thought, it looked, looked, thought it looked strange at the end well, do you no. think do you think like you felt that pressure from like what the, the way you wanted to feel going to that show or how you thought people would perceive you going into that show if you weren't in condition weren't leaner does that yeah. make sense for, for, for me as i said i think for, for me it's an internal thing mm. um, perhaps perhaps it's an internal thing that comes from outside perception of what people are thinking but I'm, I'm, I'm doing it I do it for myself right? I like to stay in you know I, I could I, I've done diets before I've not had any end goal like going on holiday I just like to live like that and mm. kind of fosters this spiral of oh you know to look good in front of the mirror to me yeah. <laughs> why this literally makes no sense and then and the problem was as I said I kept setting these stupid goalposts and obviously then I had the fit expo and I was like but again it's not like I'm walking around my top off of this thing or you know there's literally no reason for it apart from you know something in my head and do you know what and, and that's that's where this this problem for me came out of this this attachment to condition and that all that is is you postponing recovery and being in a less than salubrious state for for a longer time which is just bad for you 
and yeah, there, there's yeah, I'd love to say I have a silver bullet. I mean, there's certainly lots of tips that you know you can we can talk about in terms of the management of that. But I think you just kind of have to accept at the end of the day, like you know, you need to set other goals. And I think goal setting is the other, the other one of the other big topics that we should talk about as well, <laughs> coming off the back of a show. But yeah, that that attachment condition's been 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 a struggle. And I said say to people. Don't always expect that you're going to come out of a show and want to eat everything inside and, and you know, put all those away. Because you're not, you might not, you might think, well, I've worked half this, I want to keep hold, hold of it. And unless you have got something to keep hold of it for, I strongly suggest that you, you, you know, you get healthy quickly. And um, you know, your coach or whoever's guiding you will tell you what that is, right? Depending on your goal. Do that, make that the focus, make that the goal rather than just trying to stay lean for. And you, but you might, you know, you might have a photo shoot that's coming up and perhaps something like that to give you a few more weeks is, isn't a bad thing. If you can't walk straight off stage and let yourself go, you know, up in body weight quickly, maybe you can sort of titrate your body weight up by setting these smaller things that, okay, well, you don't need to be stage lean for a photo shoot. And then the next thing might be this. So, you know, you need to think of a way of managing it that will suit you if, if, if you know, your head kind of falls down that path. No, I think so. I think it's... I think it is a good point to say like every I think people sometimes predict that every single person coming out of post-show is going to talk about like the one side where they overeat but I don't think people talk about the side where like they hold on to condition I don't really think about it now I don't really hear a lot of those stories but it's like you're you're not the only person surely like you know there must be other people that have that struggle too coming out the other side how many how many females do you think it, it probably what my guess would be 99 to 100 percent of, of female competitors have amenorrhea and lose periods that must be common right um, I think so, yeah. yeah and like that's again you know potentially not healthy and they're just prolonging the time that they'll spend without regaining that cycle and other cycles so there's, there's 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 lots to consider and yeah it's difficult that that is something that people don't talk about often under eating and I actually did it to be even more brutally honest because I'm such a robot and I hate letting letting the boss down I don't even really even do it by under eating I'll do it by over exercising because that's the one part that's not in the plan well there is steps but you know chucking in the uh, oh I'll just do 30 minutes of stairmaster after a, <laughs> you know after a workout or, or actually no I'll tell you what my trick was to be quite honest we didn't have a set plan in terms of the gym because we weren't going to build muscle so let's go enjoy yourself enjoy having a bit of a pump back with some food in I, I was finding myself in there we're still with prep prep mode waking me up at bloody four o'clock four thirty. I'll just go to the gym and hammer out these two and a half hour workouts which was even oh, worse the amount of systemic inflammation I was picking up from them <laughs> oh, it was just uh, it was just a symphony of of bad things that I was doing to my body that was just as I said prolonging this state of not recovering but you yeah. learn though don't you like I feel like every single prep you will learn something different I think I hope you haven't taken it as like been too hard on yourself with that as well I think you don't seem like you seem quite like aware and like moving forward but I know some people that I do know, like they, they make a mistake, quote unquote, with the reverse, with the post-show and they like, they torch themselves for it. It's just like, it's yeah. in the end of the day, like if you don't make mistakes with anything in life, like you're, you are not going to learn. And that person, like yeah, when you're a child, your mom could have told you a thousand times, don't touch that hot plate. Don't touch that hot plate. Did you touch the hot plate? Of course you fucking touch the hot plate. Like, 
Do you know what I mean? And it's not yeah. until you do it yourself until you learn, oh, actually, I shouldn't touch that hot plate. Yeah, and, and and so so the other the other big thing I think is 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 goal setting, right? And the other thing that we are as as bodybuilders or competitive athletes, rather should I should say, is we're all very dopamine driven. We're all you know we, we quite clearly love a routine, love focusing on something and getting it done. I think by the nature of us doing what we do, and I think therefore a lot of us are quite goal orientated, particularly mm. those of us that do a prep. And as we were saying, that feeling of being lost and empty after a show and what now, that really is, I think, a problem for a lot of people, particularly immediately post-show. And I think people need to prepare themselves for that. I, I was quite lucky in the sense that I had personally something to immediately divert my attention to. I mean, my job, <laughs> which is... Big house uh, as well, right? But, but yeah, that was a house move. I had another big life thing, which was like immediately had some more time off work, luckily a couple of weeks. And it was all like, all right, well, this is novel and this is a big thing that I'm looking forward to and comes with a set of, you know, hits of dopamine, as it were, <laughs> um, by getting it done. So I could turn my attention to something. But I've been speaking to a lot of people that were like, you know, particularly in the first couple of weeks, like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know, you know, I'm... I, and it is, and again, I could, and I won't, because it's a topic for another day, but the neurobiology behind all of that and how, you know, some of that dopamine can um, turn to prolactin, which can actually make you feel depressed. And some of that, you know, when we get into the neuro neurotransmitter element of it, there is a lot of reasons why those feelings kind of um, present themselves. So I think pre be prepared that you need to immediately shift your focus onto something to, to you know, avoid feeling like this. And I think for, for a lot of people, it can be, and I've heard a lot of people say that they focus on the logbook and progressing strength and, and what, whatever it might be, um, I would say have a goal post your show so you can immediately switch that focus over um, or transition it to something else because yeah. otherwise you're going to feel a bit glum no matter how you've done. And I, I'm talking about hear, hearing this from winners, <laughs> um, not just people that haven't you know, succeeded. So, I found having goals like both in and out of the sport was quite good for me last time because it was like okay the focus isn't on aesthetics but then it's like what have I what the way I saw it was like what have I what have I like kind of pushed to the side that is a good time to bring it back in for me it was like my creativity I was like right I'm gonna literally pull my head into it and because of how how like emotional I was last time at Pojo because of stuff that was going on in my life like that was my way of processing it was yeah. like all the expression, all the feelings, literally, I put it through my art, put it through every creative, create every creative thing I could. I was like pushing it through because, like, I found that training wasn't doing that for me, and I was like, oh, what do I do? And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, I have something else that I can like push it into as well. So it doesn't always have like. It, I think having training and fitness goals is good, but also having like other means is good as well. That's what I found. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, to, to, to be quite honest, if you do just have bodybuilding goals, then you, you might even struggle more because, you know, as we know, they're not always immediately achievable and they're not always satisfying because they're not like, yeah, you can always have more in what we do. Kind yeah, of thing. that's true. So what are the goals? Sorry, Will. No, I was going to say, I think you're going to, you're going to touch on what are the goals of I... You yeah. knew, you knew where I was going. Yeah, so yeah. what other goals for yourself, like, I guess, this year and also, like, next year as well? Where are we going? Where are we heading? What's the plan? <laughs> so so, so what, one thing I one thing I did set or 
I realize I should say, and I think one thing everybody should do is give back coaching. And this is perhaps one thing you will hear people say, is give back to all those that have been affected. And, and, and even myself with my pushed out a pro card next year, which I'll come on to, there is all of those that have suffered uh, your hands really your selfish hands by prepping for, for, for me personally my friends that aren't in this industry and yeah. obviously like Catherine my other half I've been trying my best to, to give them a lot more of my energy and then the very little free time I still have and that you know you need to set that straight because they do suffer right realize that <laughs> but then yes yeah, so, so my goals my competing goals and my competitive goals rather are for hopefully for a push in some aspect or some way, shape or form for a men's physique pro card next year. The, there are some immediate goals before that. I've got you know, career goals, which you always have. I've got life goals. But but I think outside of that, things like getting healthy, um, getting a bat, you know, I say balance, we don't have a huge amount of balance, but but finding a balance that works for me in this industry with now having well professional um compete you know proper compete competitive goals that for me it's been it's been it's been it's a new experience for me in the sense that as i said going into this first season i was like i'm just doing this for the for the lols <laughs> like to step on stage <laughs> yeah for pretty much that was almost like my first yeah i'm just doing this because i kind of feel like i need to, to do something having trained for this long and nothing to show for it but it wasn't it, it, I, 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 I took it seriously obviously <laughs> um but i went into it kind of semi-seriously until we started getting into the structure and i became a robot as i always do but i think this time i really need to have a goal which is finding a balance that allows me to be ticking all the boxes i need to from a competitive athlete point of view, a competitive athlete with serious goals, <laughs> but then also not losing my life in, in, in the process of that. And so that I think is a very hard goal because I do like to have a social life. I do cherish the time that I have with my family and my other half and stuff. And I, and I don't want to waste that and look back when I'm 40 and being like, I was a robot bodybuilder day in, day out. That's all I, I did on this planet. Yeah. Um, and then obviously my career takes up so much bloody time in the week anyway. We're talking yeah. about missing the, the couple of hours I have in the evenings and weekends. So that is a strange goal, but it's <laughs> perhaps my, my main goal outside of you know, getting a pro card, which is no mean feat in itself, as we all know. Yeah, but like, I think it's a more, it's a more, not, I don't like to say the word realistic, but it's like, it's relatable and it's like, it's real at the end of the day. Like, it's, I think it's a cool way to show that like, it is, it is fine and it is good to have other goals, like, and to have multiple things as well. Like, yeah. I think sometimes what? people make you feel bad for like, you feel like you have to choose a team. It's like, I don't have to choose a team. I love that so much. Exactly. This is, yeah. Oh, I'm, thank you for saying that. You don't have to choose. No. You absolutely don't. And, and so, how do like, people don't vote for the elections? Yeah. <laughs> Think about exactly. that. You know, I don't, everyone's listening they can't see just how much sass was in that <laughs> that with that finger wave I absolutely love that <laughs> so what what are your what are your goals and I've got a question for you oh god oh god I'm not expecting this because this what a lot of what I say is like do as I say and not as I do right but I've not had a second prep where I've been able to put all of this stuff into practice I'm just saying what I think <laughs> I've not had a chance to do it myself right but I so I didn't have any of this goal setting laid out before I went in but for you, knowing how these things work and you know, have you got any goals post-prep? How are you going to handle things post-prep? Um, you guys, are you just going to be like, 
I know how to react, respond in these situations. I can be react. So like my my post show has been like different every single time, like every single time. One of them went perfect. F one didn't go like as well. Like that's when I had 2018. Joe got poorly. Loads of family things. Just everything and anything got thrown at me. And like that's when I had to make the decision of going like, well, my food focus is really high. I can either try and stick to this reverse and it's not working, or like basically just my hunger hormones everything was just getting it was so whack at that point and I could feel the stress as a joke I feel like if I get if I try and stick to this reverse my food focus is going to go high and I'm going to start doing like the whole binge streaks and I could just feel it I was like I'm not that person I don't want to do it so like I learned a lot last time and I feel like the way my nutrition was last post show and the reason why I didn't stick to it because I was eating no carbs until that post-workout had a massive load of carbs and I was like that I hate that I actually hate that I'm like I'd rather have carbs like throughout the day I don't care about what benefit it does having it all at once I'm gonna have it all day because that's that it sounds really tiny but the rest day nutrition and the training day nutrition messed me up post-show I couldn't do it I was like this is stressing me out because I knew the lower carbs were coming and then throwing all my carbs post-workout again, like they're only tiny things for me, but I know that it just doesn't work for me. I'm going to say something there that will annoy all the zealots on this. Is it's not optimal if, if it's not optimal for, for, for you in terms yeah. of what I mean by that. It might be optimal from a scientific, oh, it lets you know, spike insulin, raise you know, blood glucose, all that stuff. But if, if you hate it, and you're not going to, you know, it's going to cause you stress throughout the rest of the day because you're thinking about food and that's not optimal for you. So, yeah, like, um, I think stress is a big one. And like what I like, I trust myself now, now that I know that I can have intuitive days and I'll be fine. Like that times I've forgotten food. I've like misweighed something like not crazy amount of times when I'm out and about. And I've gone, well, I can get really stressed out and it's going to throw me into a massive curveball and spiral or I can just go do you know what ain't the end of the world nothing's happened it's fine just carry on it's not the end of the world I think that's what I've learned to do I think for me it's just pouring everything into like my work as a big one for me and I I feel like like yeah well we'll see we'll see what happens I think for me it's like I just know that I have to meet myself where I'm at and go with that don't try and preempt every single thing. And especially with prep, and that's why I've said to you, I will meet myself where I'm at after shows because I might get to the end of that show weekend and go, do you know what? I want to do all those, but I can't be asked. or I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. I'll be like, okay, I can keep going. I think that's what, what I've learned to do. It's like meet myself where I'm at at that point in time instead of trying to like completely copy everything and expect that I'm going to be the same person because you're not. You're not going to be the same person. And I'm not the same person that I was when I last prep. So I, I can't expect myself to be the same person post-show. Does that make sense? It makes mm-hmm. sense. And that's such, such invaluable advice. Like, have a plan, great. But then be, be go into it knowing that you can be responsive to how your mind and your body's feeling through, when you're going through it. I think about myself. Like if I had another show afterwards... I'd have, I don't know what happened. I put everything I had into that one weekend of shows, came out battered, you know, mentally and physically. Um, but if I had another show planned for another two or three weeks, I'd have kept going. 
and you know I, you know, I wouldn't have broken physically because Joe would have made sure of that but I probably would have broken mentally mm. I probably wouldn't have said anything just because you know we're like that humans you know we keep going and until sometimes we break so yeah. but the having 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 the yeah the the, the self-discipline and belief and, and just the you know wherewithal to, to be able to navigate through that intuitively like but what a skill what a yeah place I hope so and I think I think obviously having Joe like coach me like I am I'm not afraid to bump up cat I think I was I think my coach last time it was not his fault me was like I was too conservative with like Krishna Kali's and I should have just put I should have just put him up put him up yeah. because actually like everyday Jasmine doesn't actually like to sit like this and I know that now because of the last year where I dieted and stopped I stopped to the point where I thought no that this is everyday lifestyle Jasmine this is where she likes to stop and then when I came out of that phase I was like keeping an eye on like how I looked and yeah I looked at the scales and I'm right roughly this sort of weight and look this is kind of like where I like to sit generally so for me now going into the next post show I already have an idea as to like what I like to look like and how I feel my best. Yeah. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling. No, it does. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's a good another good point actually. You begin to so we were talking before air, uh, I felt brilliant for long, long portions of my prep. And again, credit to Joe for, for management of that and bringing me in really on plan and minimizing the window that I had to feel bad. You know, those final four weeks where you, you just have to suck it up. There's no way about it. It's just not, not healthy being at that level of body fat. But those four weeks, you do feel very grim, very, very grim. Sundays are terrible. <laughs> and um, and then you start to normalize that those feelings. And when you come out of post-show, you, you kind of feel like it's normal you, you don't get so well, for me personally as I, I prolonged that recovery I didn't start to get that sense of well-being and personality back for quite some time and it's because I was normalizing those feelings of oh I feel a bit better but actually I was like oh no I'm back to normal I'm back to normal until actually well when I got the body fat back I was like oh, actually now I'm back to normal now yeah. and and yeah and don't for so that's just one thing to be aware of is don't normalize feeling crap know that yeah you are probably still feeling crap and, and actually you will have a profound uh general sense of well-being back when you are recovered that's a, a tip for those that are struggling to yeah put some weight back on <laughs> i like that i like that right i know you've got to have your birthday me off so i think we will leave it there but thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me i hope you've enjoyed it um i usually ask what makes you not just bikini girl but we kind of already know that one <laughs> Not just a bikini boy. <laughs> Men's physique. What makes you not just a bikini boy? <laughs> <laughs> I just own it. Just own it. But honestly, it's oh. been so good to have you on. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, just a big shout out whilst I'm here to everything that we're doing at the Physique Collective. Um, I know, Jazz, that you're included in that. Um, but we do have a yeah. forum. I know, you're repping. Those who can't see it. That's yeah, where, where's your Physique Collective hoodie, man? Do you know what? I'll show you. It is hung up on my washing rack there. All of it. I can't see the logo, so I think no. (laughs) I've been recording a video series on all things uh, neurobiology, neurochemistry and stuff, and I've been wearing them because I had to do so many takes because I'm not very good on video. (laughs) So literally they're all just drenched in sweat from me doing all these takes. (laughs) Sorry, this is the worst plug ever. But I wanted to... (laughs) Come watch me on Physique Collective with my very, very sweaty shirt. (laughs) 
exactly. No, is it come come over to the forum? There's obviously all of us athletes and coaches that, that talk about very openly about everything. Um, and I love answering prep questions, particularly those that are doing it for the first time or are new to this, because I had all my struggles that I love to be open about because yeah, talking about mental health and, and promoting um, other people, breaking the stigma of being open about it, I think is incredibly important, not just in this industry, but more generically yeah. in, in every every walk of life. So um, come and find us there if you've got any questions. And um, yeah, thanks for having me, Jazz. You're welcome. It was actually so good. It's been a long time. I've actually had like a guy on the podcast, so I'm glad. I'm glad. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'm going to leave the links for Physique Collective and also Will's instagram um so do go and check that out and we will see you guys well you'll see me in the next episode